Okay, now David's going to uh, come to the front and bring a reading. Now, this is from John's Gospel, this reading. And it's, uh, it's a reading in which Jesus is, is... It won't be long in the Gospel story until Jesus dies on the cross. Uh, he'll then rise from the dead, of course, but then he'll return to, to the Father. And Jesus spoke to them about uh, how they were going to be sad that he was going away, but that actually, as things would turn out, it would be actually for the best because then the Spirit would come. So thank you, David. Right, so John chapter 16, verses 5 to 15. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and in regard to the judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, David. Okay. Oh, I've got a cup of tea here. Well, there's no, no point in going cold. Now, they all disappear. Okay. Right. So we're going to be thinking about the Holy Spirit today. And I, I've got a question for you, first of all, any of you who feel brave enough answering. Um... What are we talking about when we talk about the Holy Spirit? <laughs> what are we talking about when we talk about the Holy Spirit? Mary? Someone who's here with us on earth. Good. Part of the Trinity. So this is the Trinity, in case you're new to Christianity. The word Trinity is a word that helps us understand how we describe God, who God is. Brilliant. So part of that, part of God, yeah. A person, so a being. So not just a sort of idea, or, but brilliant. So, so the Holy Spirit is a, is a reality, Sue's saying there, you know, an actual real, yeah. The breath of God. We're going to think about that in a minute. So we'll hold that thought. Convictor, yes, yeah, so, so on that reading David just did, this word that he's going to convict us. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is show us things. Sometimes things we didn't want to know. Sometimes things we just didn't know and couldn't see. One of the things, as that word in the reading said, one of the things the Holy Spirit done is actually, the other way Jesus said it was, he will make things known to you. Things about me, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to be making those known to you. Not just up here in the head, because as Jill said, the word convict is also, that's a heart word. So when the Holy Spirit's, one of the things the Spirit of God does is help us understand, but also apply 
the things of God in our lives. Okay, any more answers? What what are we talking about? We talk about yeah, yeah. So when you accept God into your life, that is something. The Holy Spirit is there when that happens. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit, basically, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God being present in the world here, doing what he does. Okay? So whenever you see or experience something of God or from God in this world, the Spirit of God is at work then. Okay? It's kind of, I kind of like it as the idea of where heaven and earth meet, you know, where God and us meet, the Holy Spirit is there where the rubber hits the road, where things become real in our lives. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's that part, that aspect of God that, that we feel and experience and, and interact with in our everyday lives. Um, when Jesus, even when Jesus came to the world, so Jesus is the Son of God, part of that Godhead, but even when he came to the world, we're told the Holy Spirit descended upon him why? Well, because Jesus, for that period of years of his life, he was the active, working presence of God in the world for that time. He was doing, in a sense, what the Holy Spirit always does. And that's why I think when Jesus was baptized and began his ministry in the world, well, God wanted to show us that the Holy Spirit was now upon him. And indeed, as we've just read, before Jesus then left the world, what did he say? Well, in another passage, he says, I won't leave you orphans. It's a really powerful picture, isn't it? He says, look, I'm going to be going, but you're not going to be like, left like children with no home, with no family, with no one with you. I won't leave you orphans, he said. I'm going to send the Spirit, and he will be here with you every day, just like Jesus said, I've been with you each day. So the Holy Spirit is... Where whenever God actively meets us, does things in our lives or in this world, that is the Holy Spirit, uh, where heaven and earth meet, where the invisible life of God, which is always going on, that invisible life of God, wherever it interacts, this visible world and our lives, and we experience it, that's the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible actually gives us really two quite helpful images of that. Of the, of the invisible things becoming visible when the Holy Spirit is doing his thing. Um, and actually, it's really helpful in the biblical languages because the Hebrew... Do you know anyone know what the Hebrew word for spirit is? Ruach. Ruach. So you have to sort of clear your throat at the end of the word. Ruach. So, uh, if you, again, if you don't know the Bible very well, the, the first part of the Bible was written in a language called Hebrew. So that's why we talk about that sometimes as... <coughs> In church. Now, this word ruach, spirit, it also means breath and it also means wind. So, the exact same word can either, either mean wind or breath or spirit, the spirit of God. And actually, that's really helpful because the wind, well, you can't see the wind, can you? But you can absolutely see what it does. Does anyone know what this is? <laughs> Sophia, have you seen one of these before? Where are the others go? Are they all cleared off out there, are they? Okay. Have you ever seen one of these before? For those who don't, this is a gun, but it doesn't fire. All it does is it fires a blast of air. It's a vortex gun. So when I pull this back and let it go, all the air goes, choo, and I think I'm going to have a go on... Oh, which table? Okay, okay. Charlotte. 
See if you feel this. I'm going to get the targets. I've got to do it properly. Ready? Did you feel it? Yeah. Should I do it on the paper? Oh! <laughs> Adrian nearly lost his shirt. <laughs> Should we do it over there? Look. Do you not like it? You don't like it? No, we won't do it then. We won't do it. That's enough of that. We finished that one. So this, you couldn't see anything come out of it, but on that table, they felt it. They felt this blast of air. And uh, Jesus used that actually as a picture. He said, he said, you don't know where the wind comes from or where it's going, but you can see what it's doing, can't you? You can see when it shakes the trees, when the leaves get flown up in the air. Sometimes it does really big things. Sometimes over time, over many, many years and centuries, the wind can wear things away and new things become clear uh, and uncovered. You know, in the desert, the sand dunes, the wind is always changing the sand dunes and sometimes things get uncovered that you couldn't see before. So that's one of the pictures that the Bible uses and even the word itself, spirit, reminds us that just like the, the wind, we can't see it, we don't know where it's coming from, where it's going, but we absolutely feel and experience and see what it does. It's the same with the Spirit of God. You know, we may not see when he's coming, we may not see everything he's doing, but whenever we feel God in our lives, whenever he does things in our world, in our community, and we look and we think, isn't that amazing what God's doing there? That's the Spirit of God. Uh, the, other, the other one is breath. So we can't, you can't see the breath going in and out of my mouth at the moment, can you? But why do we breathe? Oxygen, to stay alive. Yes, so, so breath is about life. Where's my piece of paper? Here it is. I've probably written something down about this. Yeah. So you can't see your breath, but you know without it everything dies. But with breath there is life. And actually the spirit in, in, uh, in the Bible is described in Romans 8 as the spirit of life. So that's another way of thinking about it, in the way that you can't see the breath, but you know that when there is breath, there is life. In the same way, we may not be able to see the Holy Spirit visibly, but we absolutely see the life that the Holy Spirit brings in the world. Uh, and we're going to think about that a bit more in a minute or two. <laughs> Okay, so we thought about those two pictures of the Holy Spirit that the Bible gives us of uh, like the wind that we don't see but we see its power and our breath which we don't see but it brings us life. Now the Holy Spirit is mentioned from the very first page of the Bible. Um, we are, when we read about the story of creation at the very beginning of the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit is there in Genesis 1. It says that the earth was kind of just void and empty. It kind of didn't seemed to have a purpose, a shape, a meaning, but it says the Spirit of God was sort of like a dove, like a bird, and that's why there are origami birds for you to make. The Holy Spirit was floating on the, over the surface of the waters. So there was a picture of, an, an, of the Holy Spirit ready to do something. And, uh, and what happened next, of course, in the story of creation is God speaks... And through God's words and God's spirit, life comes. Uh, the world changes. Good things come about out of nothingness. New things come about where there wasn't once anything. And ultimately, life comes about. So the Holy Spirit, from the first page of the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks about God as creator and about God as the bringer of life. There's actually, 
Jesus took that to another level when he was talking to a man in John 3 called Nicodemus. And he said, you need to be born of the Spirit, born again. New birth. What that's about is just like the Holy Spirit at the beginning of creation brought life to all this world out of nothing, we might feel that our lives have kind of reached a nothingness. You know, where are we? What are we doing? Where are we going? And Jesus says, well, the Holy Spirit, be, be, he said, be born of the Spirit, of water and the Spirit. Just like in Genesis 1, water and the Spirit, new life came. Jesus says, God will do that for you now in your life. Like life coming out of the waters, God will come into your life and it will be like a whole new beginning. So whenever you see, I believe actually, whenever you look outside and you see life in this creation, whenever you look on a, watch a documentary about, about nature and the natural world and you see the incredible beauty and vibrancy of life, that is the Spirit of God as the Creator, bringing His life to this world. And whenever you see glimpses of God's new life in yourself and in those around you, you are seeing God's creating spirit do his thing again. Okay, now, where are we going to go next? I think what I'll do next, I'm going to talk about how, when the Bible goes on, so we, well, at the beginning of the Bible, God's the creator and the spirit creates things, but as the Bible goes on, we find that the spirit gives us gifts, abilities, talents, we might call them, so that we can be creative and we can bring new things in the world. I want to give you one example of this. Sometimes when we speak about the Holy Spirit's gifts in the church, we just think about the really spectacular things and, you know, wow, look at what the Holy Spirit's done, which is great. But I want to read you a few verses from Exodus 31 now, verses 1 to 6. And uh, this was a passage about them building the temple way back in the Old Testament. Exodus 31, and let me read these words to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. So this this is a guy who he God's filled with the Spirit of God. I've filled him with the Spirit of God with skill and ability and knowledge of all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for working gold and silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, I have a point, and then it goes on. So, again, God says, I've filled this guy with the spirit. And we're like, oh, what's his spiritual gift? He's really good at making lovely stuff. So any of you guys who are in a workshop and you like woodworking, and I know there's some of you, any of you who are fascinated with craft, the ladies who meet in the craft group, that is actually, according to Exodus 31, that's an example of the kind of gifts that God's Spirit gives us so that we can create. All of those gifts that that guy in the Old Testament there in Exodus had enabled him to create something amazing and beautiful and new, which is exactly what the Holy Spirit of God did at the beginning of creation. So I think what that means is God gives us gifts from his spirit so that we can be co-creators with him in this world. And I think that's, in fact, if you forget anything else I've said this morning, remember that. That God's spirit is here so that you can be a co-creator with God, bringing God's life and new things and hope and love to this world. 
Okay, if you forget everything else, God's Spirit wants you to do that with Him. To be like a co-creator when we leave this place this morning, to go out into the world and bring the goodness and life of God to the world, the community around you. And I think that's wonderful. And when the Old Testament carried on and in the end of the Old Testament, God said, look, I promise one day a Messiah is going to come, that's Jesus, and when he comes, he says, I'm, going to, I'm not just going to give you stuff you can do on the outside. He says, I'm also going to put my spirit in you so it's like you've got a new heart. So the spirit's work is not just about the things we're good at doing on the outside. The Holy Spirit is also doing something inside us, giving us a new heart so that we understand and believe and follow God even more closely. And that, I believe, is what was going on in the, on the day of Pentecost in the New Testament. So the day of Pentecost was a day when the Holy Spirit came and settled on all the Christians who were gathered and did some wonderful things for them. And, uh, and when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, Peter, who was an apostle, he stood up and people said, what's going on? What's, all these, what's happened to all these people? They were all speaking in different languages that they'd never learned. They were able to communicate with people of other languages. And Peter said this, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men, they will see visions. And your old men, they'll dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, what was that about? Basically, as, the old, as we went through the Old Testament You'd read about those individuals like that, that guy with the craft. He's got the spirit of God. Brilliant. And then a bit later on, there might be a prophet. Would, you know, some of the famous prophets, you know, Elijah and Elisha and uh, all of those. Isaiah, spirit of God is upon them and they're going to share something of God with you all. Really special people. Peter was quoting something God promised there. He said, but one day, it's not just going to be a few special people who I fill with my spirit, and they can stand up and say something amazing from God for you. He says, all of you will. I will pour out my spirit so that not just men, men and women, you're all going to have the spirit. You're all going to be able to share something about God, prophesy, say to someone, here's what God wants to say to you. You're all young and old. You know, wisdom's not, not just going to be about the old prophet. You remember last week with the beard, if you were here? Yeah? It's not... God says, look, it's going to be young people too. They're going to join in. They're going to be sharing and doing the things of God as well. And I believe that's what's so exciting about living as we are now in the age of the Holy Spirit when actually the Spirit of God is not just for some people but for all of us who come and receive him. Uh, at the end of that day of Pentecost, that's a lovely noise that car makes, isn't it? Uh, at the end of the day of Pentecost... <laughs> I don't think they can hear me. <laughs> the end of the day of Pentecost, I'll leave you with this. The end of the day of Pentecost, people said, okay, well, what about us? What do we do? And some of them had done some really bad stuff. In fact, Peter says some of you were there saying you wanted Jesus crucified. And they said, what do we do? Is there any hope for us? Does God want us? And Peter says this, turn to God and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Your sins are forgiven. And then he said, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That promise, he said, is for you and your children and everyone, even those who are a long way off. It's for everyone 
whom God is calling today. You will turn to God, repent, turn, uh, and be baptized and believe in the name of Jesus. Your sins are forgiven and you will receive the Holy Spirit, God said. It's the promise for you, for us all. So it's not come to God and you might get the Holy Spirit. It's not come to God and maybe one day, somewhere, you'll get a bit of the Holy Spirit. Peter says, turn to God today, your sins are forgiven, and you will receive the Spirit. Because that's the promise that's for you, your children, all generations, even those who we think of who are a million miles away from God. Everyone God is calling to receive the blessing that he's given. God is here in our world and he can be in your life too. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what we've learned today. And we pray that we'll keep on learning and that you'll keep teaching us and working in our lives and in our world to show us more and more of your goodness, your love, what you want us to perhaps uh, leave behind and what you want us to take up anew. Uh, help us to appreciate the, the breadth of the Holy Spirit's life-giving work. Help us to appreciate the breadth of the Spirit's gifts. Everything from being good at craft to standing up and saying some incredible things, to playing music, to praying. to We're even told, Lord, in the Bible that administration is a gift that the Spirit gives. So, Lord, help us to understand that when it comes to your Spirit, you are not stingy. You are generous and abundant. And the promise is for you, for, for me, for everyone, that we turn to Jesus and we receive the Spirit. So help us to believe that, Lord. Help our lives be open to the Holy Spirit and to what he wants to show us and do for us and to do through us. And we pray that we would indeed leave this place today and go out into that world and be co-creators with you and to bring blessing to the world around us. And we pray this in and through Jesus. Amen. Amen.